As we make our way through the book of Exodus these weeks in worship, we come now to the 14th chapter. And our text, as printed in your bulletin, begins with verse 19, but I want to read from a little before that, section not included in the lectionary text. I invite you to listen now for God's word as it comes to us from the book of Exodus. As Pharaoh drew near, the Israelites looked back and there were the Egyptians advancing on them and in great fear, the Israelites cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the very thing we told you in Egypt? Let us alone and let us serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid, stand firm, and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to keep still. Then the angel of the Lord, who was going before the Israelite army, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from in front of them and took its place behind them. It came between the army of Egypt and the army of Israel. And so the cloud was there with darkness, and it lit up the night. One did not come near the other all night. And then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove back the sea, by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land and the waters were divided. The Israelites went into the sea on dry ground for water, waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went into the sea after them, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and chariot drivers. At the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire and cloud looked down upon the Egyptian army and threw the Egyptian army into panic. He clogged their chariot wheels so that they turned with difficulty. The Egyptians said, Let us flee from the Israelites, for the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, so that the water may come back from the Egyptians upon the chariots and chariot drivers. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at dawn the sea returned to its normal depth. As the Egyptians fled before it, the Lord tossed the Egyptians into the sea. The waters turned, returned and covered the chariots and the chariot drivers, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained. But the Israelites walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters forming a wall for them on the right and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great work that the Lord did against the Egyptians, and so the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and his servant Moses. May God speak to us this day by his word. Will you pray with me? 
Almighty and gracious God. Quiet within us any voice but your own, that we may hear your word, and that we may respond as your faithful people. For we pray in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A challenging text. Here's an actual account that appeared on a company accident report. A workman related his experience on the job. He writes, When I got to the building, I found that the hurricane had knocked off some bricks around the top. So I rigged up a beam with a pulley at the top of the building, and I hoisted up a couple barrels full of bricks. When I had fixed the damaged area, there were a lot of bricks left over. So then I went to the bottom, and I began to release the line. Unfortunately, the barrel of bricks was much heavier than I was. And before I knew what was happening, the barrel started coming down, jerking me up. I decided to hang on since I was too far off the ground by then to jump. Halfway up, I met the barrel of bricks coming down fast. I received a blow on my shoulder. I then continued to the top, banging my head against the beam and getting my fingers jammed in the pulley. When the barrel hit the ground hard, it burst its bottom, allowing the bricks to spill out. I was now heavier than the barrel, so I started down again at high speed. Halfway down, I met the barrel coming up fast, and I received severe injuries to my shins. When I hit the ground, I landed on the pile of spilled bricks, getting several painful cuts and deep bruises. Now, at this point, I must have lost my presence of mind because I let go my grip on the line. The barrel came down fast, giving me another blow on my head and putting me in the hospital. I respectfully request sick leave. Now, sometimes life just doesn't turn out the way you think it's going to. If that had happened to me, I would be requesting more than sick leave. I think I would have been submitting my resignation. Now, it's a funny story to get to a serious subject. Have you ever just felt like giving up? Have you ever just found yourself wanting to quit? Because life had become either so intolerable or so difficult. The obstacles you were facing so insurmountable, you were just ready to throw in the towel. Maybe it was as a student and you came up against some harsh, uncompromising teacher or you were in a class with some kind of material that your mind just could not comprehend. Or maybe it was in a job situation that was just intolerable because of the people you worked with or the things you were asked to do. Maybe it was just a sense of loneliness that you feel or felt out of the frustration of being single. 
Maybe it was the challenges you faced in your marriage, or maybe you lost a pregnancy and you thought to yourself, I didn't sign up for this, I don't know how to face this. Or maybe it's facing a serious illness or the care of a loved one, or you found yourself dealing with some serious depression. Life sometimes is hard. And sometimes we feel like quitting. Well, that's what these people felt like in the Exodus story. There on the seashore, they turned to their leader and they said, was it because there are no graves in Egypt that you took us out here to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us bringing us out here? Is this not the very thing we told you? Let us alone and let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve them than to die out here in the wilderness. And Moses responds, Don't be afraid. Stand firm. And see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. I want you to think just for a moment back some point in your life where you were ready to give up. You couldn't see your way beyond some obstacle you were facing. You wanted to give in, but you didn't. You had no idea how you were going to cope or how you were going to get through, but you did. And I suspect that when you think back on the way that God delivered you from that, whatever it was, it didn't happen the way you thought it would. Now, Exodus is filled with signs and wonders and miraculous stories of God's intervention. And the whole story begins with a people in slavery, and it ends with those people creating a tabernacle in which God resides in their midst and they are on their way to freedom and a hoped-for and promised land. Now this God and this story is different from all the other stories of the surrounding cultures of the time. This God was completely different than the other gods in the pantheon of gods in the Middle East. There were lots of gods, gods of suns, gods of storms, and they all acted independently, but not this God. This one was the Lord of all, the Creator, who becomes the Redeemer. This God, for whatever reason, chooses to act through human agents. All the while, while they were struggling against slavery, God's plan of redemption was unfolding through people of faith who had the courage to act.
This God is capable of miraculous feats and wonders, but He chooses to work through a people who are called and chosen for special purpose. And it always requires faith and courage in the face of insurmountable odds. It demands risk-taking that sometimes leads to a whole bunch of complaining and always a desire to find an easier way. But it requires leadership. And it demands following God into an unknown wilderness that's better than staying where you are trying to secure your own existence. When you're up against it and there's no way forward, no avenue out, don't be afraid. Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish. Now the witness of the Scripture tells us God's perfectly capable of delivering us from all sorts of calamities that threaten our lives. But for some reason, God chose human agency to bring about an intended future. It's not that God is absent, though it feels like that from time to time. It's more that God carries out this kind of strategic retreat to give us space and the opportunity to demonstrate and prove our trustworthiness. Let me illustrate it this way. When our children were young, we needed to teach them how to swim. And they were afraid of the water because they knew, especially where the water was over their head, there was some real danger especially when they couldn't touch bottom any longer. They knew the risks were real. But as a parent, we knew they could learn to swim if they could only overcome their fear of swimming. So in the pool, as a parent, I would coax them away from the edge of the pool where they were grasping and clutching and afraid to let go. They'd let go of the edge of the pool and take a few strokes, and I'd grab them, and of course we'd celebrate their courage and their ability to swim. But each time that I could coax them away from the edge of the pool, I would move back just a little bit further so that they would learn that they could swim further than they thought. It was a strategic retreat in order to allow them enough space to learn and discover that they're capable of more than they thought they were. I knew they could swim, but what mattered was that they needed to know they could swim. So during the Exodus, these people learned not only that God is reliable and trustworthy, but that it'll take no small amount of trust and faith to follow Him. Because inevitably there are going to be obstacles that seem insurmountable and occasionally God just feels like He's in strategic retreat. And it has a way of evoking from us courage and faith and resolve 
and the ability to stand firm in our faith and in our lives. I know individually and corporately we face huge obstacles. What insurmountable obstacle are you facing today? What shoreline are you standing on today complaining that if you could only somehow go back to the way things used to be, life would be just peachy? When faced with such a challenge, we tend to remember things better than they were. We cherish an idealized version of history, just as they did during the Exodus. But there is no way to go back. We can only go forward. So don't be afraid. Stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord. I know these texts are problematic. You have to be asking yourself, well, what about the Egyptians? Who was going to teach them to swim? As I thought about these texts and tried to think of some, some present-day parallel, it came to me that maybe we need to think not so much of a nation, but an ideology. This week, again, we've seen the horrible beheading of another journalist. This one, a British journalist, by Isol or Isis. And when you think of the ideology behind that frame of mind, it's just an intolerable and non-negotiable ideology. I realize there are challenges in these texts when we begin to think that we own the truth and others don't. But we can see today there are serious ideologies that simply cannot be tolerated in the world. God will make a way where there apparently is none. Not even death is insurmountable as an obstacle anymore thanks to the grace and the love of this Creator and Redeemer God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, let go of the side of the pool. Learn to swim and stand firm on your faith. And you'll find it's actually not too bad in the end of the pool where you can't touch the bottom. The Savior isn't far away. And He knows how to handle water. He created it. Thanks be to God. Amen.